Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam. And you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Whoa, boom shakalaka. My mom gave birth in 1985. I was blue within a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the Cold War, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary. That hey, everybody. Todd Mitchell here. Welcome back to Game Dev Breakdown. I'm back again with another quick one because I found a story that is too good to pass up. Wanted to capture it. Wanted to present it to you because I find it very funny and very sad. So those are the kinds of things that catch my attention. And here you can uh, decide what you think. On Twitter, first of all, I don't know if I have a lot of FIFA players who listen to this podcast. If you do, welcome. It's not my thing. I tried it one time. I was not any good at it because I don't follow the sport closely enough. But if you play it, glad you're here. It is a very serious game worldwide. I think more so outside the U.S. than within. That's just a uh, byproduct of we don't have as many fans here. But EA claims to take this game very seriously. You'll understand why I said claims here later. But they have a very complicated, very big, structurally complex esports system for this game, which they, I guess, officially support, which is a start. Uh, we're in the full swing of that competitive season or whatever y'all like. The world, the way to the E-World Cup, whatever it is. I tried to understand this. I cannot follow that. That There's a big long page explaining the season and all the qualifiers and all the point systems. They seem like they put like over a million into it, but that's not the biggest deal these days for esports. So, point being, if you're an online competitive FIFA player, you've got a lot of work to do and you have to take it seriously. So... When a pro got on Twitter recently and tweeted what I'm about to read you, again, I thought it was very funny and very sad. <laughs> and here it is. Uh, the guy's name is Sean Galea. He tweets, I cannot believe it. He tags EA Sports FIFA and EA FIFA Direct. We literally had to play a rock, paper, scissors because we couldn't find each other to invite in an EA licensed qualifier. WTF, I am done. He had a competitive game to play and he and his opponent literally couldn't connect to play the game. So later, presumably his opponent named Hassan Eker, this is translated from German, but he posed this, stand three and one because I was able to successfully prevail in the rock, paper, scissors and post a screenshot of the score from the site they used to play rock, paper, scissors. So indeed, it seems like both of these people agree this is what happened. So for a while, nothing takes place. And everyone just sort of passes this around, likes, tweets it, retweets it. Finally, we get a statement from EA Sports FIFA Competitive Gaming, that's all the name of this account, which appears to confirm this story. This is EA FIFA Esports, official EA Sports account for the FIFA 20 Global Series on the road to the FIFA World Cup, whatever that means. They say, quote, during the FUT champ is just foot during the foot champions cup stage five qualifying tournament, two competitors decided to proactively play rock, paper, scissors. And that's in quotes to determine the match winner after they were unable to connect for their match. For context, they say a double failure to connect and compete in a qualifying tournament match results in a loss for both participants. This is to prevent connection issues from being exploited as a competitive advantage. It's important to note rock, paper, scissors did not eliminate either player from the competition as both competed in subsequent matches, but did not advance 
further in the tournament. We're reviewing this really unique situation to understand what occurred and try to prevent this from happening again, especially as both competitors competed in subsequent matches with clean connections. Okay, that's several paragraphs. They had to screenshot that because it's too long to tweet. The takeaways for me were, one, I cannot fucking believe this took place. That's hilarious. Two, it is so bad that EA's official response to this was, well, really, they both lose if they can't connect to our game. Like, okay. Like, like it's their fault and they did something wrong. That's funny to me. Moving on, the third and final thing that caught my eye was they call this a really unique situation. And I thought, I wonder, I wonder if this is a really unique situation. And because I run a podcast and I need to keep you folks entertained if I can, I dug into this too far, further than a normal person would. So (laughs) I got on Twitter and tried to find a list of other really unique situations by searching terms on Twitter, uh, FIFA qualifier can't connect. That's the phrase I punched in. And I have a list of very unique situations (laughs) for you. Uh, The first one was Alan Avi, who was a verified player, uh, October 2019, says, So at, and he tags the other player, and I matched up in round two of the North American, I assume that's North American, online qualifier, and couldn't connect to each other even after restarting our internet slash PS4, which led us both to receiving a free loss. We get on COD, they get on Call of Duty to see if they can connect there, and they say we were able to connect on Call of Duty, but not on FIFA. So there's a really unique situation. That was just in October. Uh, An account named A-Seed tags EA Sports FIFA. Fuck off! Was winning in Foot Champions Qualifier Final 4-0, and your servers spunked on my life. Cheers, FIFA. Can't connect now. Interesting. Here's one from someone named Melvin. Sorry, but we can't tolerate this incompetent behavior. This is so much more diplomatic. Sorry, but we can't tolerate this incompetent behavior from the BattleFi admins who are giving people an instant loss if they don't play the qualifier KO with 4G and if they can't connect to the EA server. This just now happened with Levi Frederick, Renzo FIFA, and Taxual Sign. Here's another one that says EA needs to fix these serious issues with the game. To begin with, North American qualifiers are postponed due to a worldwide server hacking. On top of it all, it's Sunday, I want to spend it with my family, but because I'm a serious professional, I decided to proceed with the tournament. I'm playing in a decisive game, winner moves on, loser is out. I kicked my last penalty kick, it goes in and does not register. The admins then decide it wasn't a goal, and because of that, I'm out of the tournament. Then the uh, guy they mentioned earlier, Levi Frederick, posts a screenshot of a discussion with an admin. He says, three hours of trying to get into the servers. Admin, hi, how can I help you? M10 Levi. Well, I can't connect to the EA servers, so I raised an issue as stated in your announcement. Admin, please keep trying. End of conversation. (laughs) Like, the more I dug into this, the more of this I found. So the fact that EA calls these really unique situations is sad and stupid. It really, like, it's very sad to me. There was an IGN article about this that reported EA also permanently banned a pro player recently from all of its online services for crossing, quote, a line of decency into very personal attacks. I can only imagine what that means. And a number of EA FIFA staff Twitter accounts were immediately hacked. 
what the hell? So, <laughs> long story short, EA support of its own uh, esports game is uh, so bad, apparently, that you may have to play rock, paper, scissors to figure out who wins. And in fact, if you want to play by the rules, if you can't connect to their stuff, you lose. Are people paying to do this? Because that's the saddest thing in the world. No one should be doing this if that's the case. Oh my god. I understand esports is huge, a lot of players play, but once the pros start to rise to the top and they can't play, we might have to look into it, right? I don't know. I do understand everyone is plagued with issues in esports. Some of them are by the publisher's own design. Nintendo has indirectly indicated they have no interest in supporting esports. They refuse to put up any prize money for Smash, even though Smash is really just dedicated... It, it's designed... It's tailored for competitive gaming. Like, nothing could be so perfect. And, uh, like, I understand why there's probably not a great pro Mario Kart scene. But why not Smash? Why not Smash? Give the kids something to do, right? But they don't want to put up prize money, and so there's a community for pro Smash. But everyone hates it, and everyone resents Nintendo. There is a uh, well-known Smash pro who retired recently... And retirement for esports players is probably like 23 or something, you know. Um, but he says one year he won 56 different tournaments and only came up with about $45,000. Yikes. Uh, on the Microsoft side, Gears of War seems to have a really complicated esports story. And a lot of people sort of describe it like it's this savage underworld of esports. But I don't know enough about it, so I'm not going to comment on it. But it, it might be another good feature for another, another time, because I like to dig into this stuff, and I find it very interesting. And it's interesting to me to talk to the people uh, who do this stuff. I'll have my buddy Matt back on. You guys know he, he's an, very knowledgeable about esports. He's a competitive gamer, and uh, that's, that's all very compelling stuff to him. Point being, there's a real issue with these online modes being developed like an afterthought. I know in a lot of series we've come far enough, like Call of Duty, maybe that's not the right example, but a lot of games have come so far and they've been around for so long that they understand the importance of the online mode and they take it seriously. They have more development resources put into it, but we do have a lot of games where the online play is developed like it's not important, or at least they don't put enough emphasis on it, and then publishers decide this is going to be huge this is going to be this gigantic thing and we're going to do the most serious possible thing we could which is pit kids against each other for prize money that impacts kids lives that impacts their family's life can you imagine you've got a kid and he's like i've got a shot at this and i could get money for college and stuff and you start taking notice like yeah shit yeah go go to it son and uh you're traveling to tournaments and staying at hotels and stuff and then <laughs> you've got you've got things that are in no way your fault keeping you from, from succeeding in that way. That's serious. I don't have any influence on the major publishers or the major development teams. I really don't. But indies, you folks are my friends. I respect you. I love what you do. And you've heard me say on this podcast before, I, we've talked about it on Patreon even more, I don't think we're very far from more indie esports. Esports games that are serious competitive games that are developed developed independently of publishers it's going to be hard it's gonna be hard to fund those things and pay for it financially but i think the development is there we're at a point where we have the technology it's accessible 
web services are available from several providers and they're cheap to start and you can scale them in such a way that the, the community basically pays for itself if you do it right. But I implore you, if you think there's even a chance that someone might do this for money or Microsoft points or <laughs> t-shirts, it doesn't matter. Take the online stuff seriously. Know what you're doing. Or at least don't pit people against each other and try to make it a thing. So, I mean, that's just, that's me just trying to squeeze out a moral from this story. Otherwise, it's just very funny and very stupid and very sad to me. But I thought it was worth talking about, so I hope no one minds. Oh, look, we're almost uh, pushing like 15 minutes here anyway. So that's the story. If you've got other stories like this, I really like to talk about this stuff. If you've heard... Uh, every once in a while, we'll talk about like a cheating story in uh, Counter-Strike or, you know, we talk about aimbots. I've got an article at CodeWritePlay.com about the history of cheating in games and how it threw a wrench in the competitive machine once we got that far. It's a pretty interesting study of business and the industry and technology. And I even wrote about this professionally in the past. But uh, if you have things about this you like to think about, talk about other news stories you've heard, or if we hear more about this, let's talk about it because that's very interesting to me. Otherwise, if you enjoy the podcast, please consider subscribing. I won't make this outro long. Show notes at CodeWritePlay.com, Patreon.com slash CodeWritePlay if you're interested in joining our sort of creator community there. Otherwise, tell a friend, get in touch, keep working hard, and I will uh, talk to you guys very soon. Thanks, everybody. Congratulations on your game dev breakdown, whatever that is. Sounds idiotic to me.